Hello, welcome to the Connected Generation. My name is Nika Anani and I'm the host, so you're stuck with me. <laughs> this week's episode, I was joined by Rookie Kolawoling. She's actually, fun fact, she's the first guest we've ever had on the podcast to come back for more than one episode. So this is her second episode. She was in episode 31, where she spoke about women, wellness, and wealth. And to be perfectly honest with you, that is one of the best performing episodes till date. So if you haven't heard that, you need to go back. Listen to episode 31 after this one. She spoke about her work in empowering women, empowering them to make better investment decisions, how empowering women empowers future generations. So who's Rookie? Rookie is the founder of Pace Up Invest. She's a wealth manager, financial investment coach and advisor with over a decade of experience in the financial industry. And why did I invite her back? Because she also not only empowers women with wealth advisory and wealth coaching, but also empowers business owners and businesses in incorporating financial resiliency. So I would encourage you to tune in. We go straight into the juice, (laughs) straight in. If you haven't heard her journey, her story, I'd encourage you to go back. Go back to episode 31. You hear how she got to where she was, how she got to where she is today. Really inspiring journey. But if you want to hear the meat, the juice, the tea, go right into this episode. Thank you. Take care. Hi, Kayat. Welcome back to the Connected Generation. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing very well. And thank you so much for having me again. We had so much fun the last time. So, yeah. We I'm did. Here we go. The first one person to return. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I'm super happy. I feel humbled and privileged. <laughs> cool. I'm excited about our conversation. So please, you've recently started working with entrepreneurial leaders, helping them with financial planning and incorporating financial resiliency. Those are a lot of big, big words. Can you explain to us what that means and what that entails? So basically, when we talk about financial resilience, in essence, resilience is a word that until recently, I believe many were unaware of which has moved up the ranks of the most needed skills, especially as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. And we've seen time again that failures in resilience leads to costly mistakes in our lives and businesses. So it's not Mm -hmm. just only in one aspect, in one aspect of an area, it's lives and businesses. But then the good news is that financial resilience can be trained and there are like techniques and methods that make it possible. Mm. So essentially, you asked what is financial resilience. So financial resilience is basically the ability to withstand and overcome financial hardships uh, mm-hmm. due to unforeseen events that can affect one's income or assets. And there are some situations that they occur in one's life, such as disability, unemployment, divorce, or health problems that affect individual on its own. And then we have events such as recession, stock market downturns, acts of terrorism, natural disasters, or even even pandemics like the COVID-19 that affect the society as a whole. So when we talk about Mm -hmm. financial resilience, 
in the simple words, is it is to be able to govern our finances even during such unforeseen circumstances or situations that can affect an individual or business's ability to make ends meet. Okay, okay. So are you working with business owners or are you doing this to help the businesses have financial resiliency or are you helping business leaders and their personal wealth to have financial resiliency? Just to clarify. So, yeah, so just to clarify, some helping business leaders on their own personal financial resilience and also businesses as well. So smaller businesses that are looking to incorporate some form of financial resilience into their day-to-day operations. So a two-pronged approach. So mm. both business leaders on a personal level and also looking at their businesses as well. Okay. Okay. And you mentioned, you kind of alluded to why this is important. Perhaps you can kind of expantiate on that a bit more. You spoke about COVID-19 necessitating a lot of need for folks to be more financially resilient. Can you just speak a bit more to what that actually did to people's finances mm-hmm. and why this is particularly important? Yeah, so the COVID-19, for example, because right now we're still facing an economic crisis, even though we're coming out of it gradually. We saw that a lot of people, like for example, in Europe alone, around 5.5 million people lost their jobs and most people had to take pay cuts and which ultimately affected their financial situations as well. And again, it's more about resilience, not just being limited to an individual or a family. It's also more so more for businesses to survive, Mm. even in such lockdown situations. And we saw a lot of situations in whereby businesses also shut down temporarily, as well as for good due to this crisis with the pandemic. And what we've seen is it's very, very important to actually inculcate resilience habits into both our personal and business world. And this will enable a business not only to withstand, but also to overcome these dire uncertain situations in future. So it's really, really important to start looking into this and start to plan ahead. Again, planning is very important, both on a personal level and also when it comes to our businesses, planning ahead in order to make sure we have contingencies in place to be able to weather any form of storm that we might come across in future. And with COVID-19, women have been disproportionately impacted. Unfortunately, a lot of women have lost their jobs or their businesses have gone under and then they had the primary, you know, we are in the 21st century, but we are still in a very gendered society where women had to bear the role of child rearing, managing, homeschooling, and what have you. So women have been disproportionately hit by the pandemic. Are you, are you noticing that in your line of work? Yes, I've actually seen quite a few number of women that they've had to take cutbacks when it comes to working because they had to look after their kids. And also they're the one that, like you mentioned, it took the brunt of it. So they had to basically doing most of the homeschooling, even though some of them were working from home as well. It was more of, it felt like they had a lot more to do, Mm. right? And Mm. this ultimately takes away some of the other things that they could actually do to help them to further their courses or further their career or whatever it is. And it's really their situation for some people that I've spoken with 
Mm. because they haven't planned ahead. That's another thing. That's why it's very, very important to plan. And once you start planning ahead, be it planning around your personal life or your businesses, then there is a higher probability of you not being gravely affected, right? Mm. And also being able to have that cushion either in terms of money or cushion either in terms of any other aspects of support as well. That's why I always talk about planning a lot, not just only financial planning, but planning in all different aspects of our lives. And also making sure we seek help. We should not be afraid to seek help when we need help. And also not to try and do it all, all the time, just seek the support of others. There are lots of people out there that, that will be able to offer the support that we're looking for. So those are one of the areas as well. It's speaking up, communicating, and also mm. planning ahead. I was just going to ask, you know, on the common struggles or mistakes that people are making in this department, we've kind of touched on that, not planning ahead, not being afraid to seek help. Are there any other common mistakes that people are making with respect to building financially, financial resiliency? Yeah, I think another common mistake is not having the required or the basic knowledge as well, which is really important when it comes to building financial wellness, because financial wellness ultimately makes you financially resilient, right? So for example, when one is kind of educated in the financial aspects of things, you have the potential of improving the credit score, of lowering credit costs, Mm. increasing saving and preparation for home ownership, which is really important, reducing financial stressor events, and also people are more confident about feeling capable of making better financial decisions. So this all comes into place in the sense that we have to look at how to start becoming more financially well, so have a good financial wellness and well-being for us to become more financially resilient. Another aspect of it that I always talk about a lot is financial behavior, right? It is very important to know what our financial behavior is. We always have to go back to what is our relationship with money as well and the money scripts. Mm. I think we kind of touched upon this yeah. time as well. Mm. So there is one thing in knowing something and having all the education, but then there's another thing is actually changing our behavior to actually act towards making sure that we are actually planning, we are budgeting well, we are saving well, and we're also investing. So mm. all these things, sometimes they are missing. And right now, a lot of women to start making sure that they mirror their financial education with their financial behavior to change it accordingly in order to become more financially resilient and having a good financial well-being. You mentioned financial stressor events. Can you just explain what those are or give examples of them and how they make an impact on one's finances? Yeah, so basically when we talk about financial stressors events, Life is very unpredictable, right? And all it takes is one run of bad luck to topple the net worth of most people. So mm. examples of financial stressors are losing a job, right? Personal bankruptcy, because mm. when you lose a job, like you know, that's your primary source of income for those that don't have a side hustle or anything. And mm. personal bankruptcy as well. And these are all just offer same circumstances that might happen. Ill health. 
So mm-hmm. if you don't have good insurance that will cover your whatever your health is, it is as well. That is a stressor, right? And also losing a home can cause tremendous stress on the person's finances and emotional state. Mm-hmm. And part of financial wellness, which ultimately makes you financially resilient, is being able to stay through life emergencies without compromising your standard of living. So mm-hmm. in order to make sure we were able to tackle these financial stressors, we have to be able to be financially well. And where we say financially well is making sure we have uh, savings, insurance, we understand our basic financial concepts, we, we're aware of our financial behavior. And all this ultimately makes us more financially resilient because we'll be better prepared for whatever it is that might come up in future. Nobody knows the future, right? But then preparing again is key to making sure we're able to withstand any form of disasters that might come, that might appear in in the future. Excellent answer. And I wonder, you've spoken a lot about the need to build financial well-being. What does that actually look like? How does one know that they're financially well? So one knows that they're financially well. If a person has adequate saving that can cover emergencies, so again, when I talk about adequate savings to cover emergency, having the emergency fund, and what we always recommend is six to 12 months of salary. But then again, everybody is different, right? But this is just a recommendation. And also this kind of adequate saving can also cover temporary unemployment and a comfortable retirement. And also the person has an insurance. So basically what it is to be financially well is all this. So being able to have, I don't know, be able to put money aside for emergency, saving, investing, having low debt, something that might not trigger your financial stressors when you have all these types of circumstances that might come into place. So that's what we call a person being financially well. And it takes a lot. I know it takes a lot, but then at the end of the day, there are factors that actually influence financial wellness. So again, one is personal characteristics. Mm. So this has to do with the age and the stage of a person's life. So for example, if you're a 26 year old living in an inexpensive city, earning maybe 35,000 euros or $35,000, you have a different financial wellness from someone that is near retirement with the same income living either in Munich or London. Those are totally different. And then we then talk about financial literacy, which is one of the most important determinants of financial wellness. And we believe that this is only second to financial behavior. And essentially, what do you mean by financial literacy? It's being able to understand the basic financial concepts, such Mm -hmm. as inflation, interest rates, compound interest, because this affects our day-to-day expenses as well. So if you take a credit card bill that, It has a very high interest rate. And what we're paying down is only the minimum amount every month, the interest on that compound. So if someone doesn't understand how compound interest work, they will Mm. think, oh, I'm only paying the minimum. That means I'll have more money next month. No, you're actually getting yourself more and more into debt. And then another aspect is the financial behavior that I mentioned earlier. So Mm -hmm. it's all about, are people saving? Are they investing? How do they do this thing? How well prepared are they for retirement? Mm. So most people think that because they are young, because they are young, then they have a long time to retirement. But then the earlier we start thinking about it and saving towards it, the better. Because again, women, we are living longer 
and on mm. average we earn less than men. So we need to start planning this. And we have a higher probability of living most of our lives in widowhood. And also if you look mm. at the increase in divorce rates as well. So all this is very important with the financial behavior to make sure we're applying it with whatever we know and we start making the adequate step. And then another aspect of financial wellness is financial situation, which mm. is what is our salary? What benefits do we have? What are assets and liabilities? And again, most people think that financial wellness has to do with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't because if you have a lot of money and you're not planning it properly and you're in a lot of debt, so you're spending, how do I say, there's compulsive spending all the time, then that makes you not financially well. Because we can look at, for example, in the case of football players that you hear that they earn millions and millions and then at some point they're living in poverty because they haven't managed their finances and their money properly. So it's Mm -hmm. really, really important to have a good financial wellness. You can compare someone that had huge amounts of money in the past and then suddenly lost it to someone that they have that much money, but then Mm -hmm. with a good financial wellness approach, they're able to invest, they're able to have enough money for retirement or whatever it is their goal they're trying to achieve. Amazing. And so what tips, you've kind of spoken a little bit in parts about how people can build financial wellness or resiliency. What tips do you have for them? So to build financial resilience, first thing is, like I mentioned earlier, is basically to start with having this emergency fund. So irrespective of the status, be it an individual, a family, small or large business enterprises, having an emergency fund is of utmost importance because even after being affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, many surveys that were carried out found out that people, that if people held emergency funds, then they could have been able to withstand some of the financial stressors in their lives. For example, in a survey carried out in the U.S., only 40% of the population could actually pay an emergency expense of $1,000. And the rest of the population had to take out debts to pay an emergency expense mounting to $1,000. So that's really, really terrible. So we need to start making sure that we have an emergency fund. And the next aspect is to improve what I call a financial capability. Mm -hmm. So this means to have more knowledge about financial methods, about financial services available, and to develop a good financial behavior, like I mentioned earlier, because the less knowledge one has about finances, then the riskier it is to invest or to plan, because Mm -hmm. a lack of market knowledge leads to failure in investments or in planning or whatever it is. And further, to develop financial behavior and to also inculcate it into financial services. Mm -hmm. So this involved, obviously, like I mentioned, regarding the emergency fund, making sure that investments, making sure that you're having an emergency fund or having a saving account or making investments are some of the good financial behaviors that will help us to have a good financial resilience, especially as entrepreneurs, individuals, or even business leaders. And the next aspect is to looking at reducing or eliminating debts. Obviously, there are good debts and there are bad debts. But then when we talk about debts and eliminating debts, we should look at the debts that if we are paying a high amount of, a huge amount of interest rates on our credit card, car loans or whatever it is, to try to pay those with the highest interest rates 
first and also to make sure we are paying everything at the end of the month and not just only the minimum because if we pay only the minimum then the interest compounds on the interest every month and at the end of the day you're going to be paying more and the likelihood of you coming out of that debt is so small and minuscule so it's better to pay down the ones with the highest interest rates and make sure you pay down whatever the amount is given every month and mm. not just only the minimum and the next aspect of it is we need to track our expenses. We need to track it's really important because most of the time what we have control over is our expenses. We might not have that much control over our income, but then over our expenses it's really important because failure to track expenses has always led to increased spending and this is the one of the most common reasons for increasing debts like the credit card debts the one with the highest interest rates mm-hmm. tracking our expenses will help us to analyze our income to expenditure ratio and enable us to cut down our expenses automatically mm-hmm. very very important to do that and then another aspect is we should try to look at how to diversify our income So when I talk about diversifying income, to so diversify income is to increase the source of income. So most of the time we all rely on one type of job, but then if we diversify how our income is coming in, maybe there is that side hustle you've we always dreamed about or you're passionate about something that you can do and earn some more money, then that is amazing. And also by diversifying our income, the stress laid on the single job is decreased. and the habits of income diversification can actually result in wealth building and this also goes into the investment that we have so the return and on investment so investing in the right financial product with improved financial capability so again going back to financial capability i mentioned earlier or mm-hmm. will lead to an increase on rates on the long term and then this return on investment you can then use it to further invest it in other financial products or use that part to continue to build the emergency fund for all sorts of circumstances so these are very very important when it comes to increasing the source of income and then next tip i always give is asset building right so asset can either be current assets or fixed assets or short term assets or long term assets all this can help with wealth building because we've seen time and time again depending on the different stages in life that we are in for example at some points we're going to own our own homes we're going to start paying college fees for our kids depending on what part of the country we are in we are going to start looking at retirement and then medical treatment as well but we all know that the older we get the higher the medical treatment would start being and in the insurance is going to increase in premium as well and at some points this will all require some form of large investment right and what i believe is timing is essential for asset building as it always requires large amounts of investment so having a well planned again planned mm-hmm. investment portfolio that gives you or the person or myself the right timing is very very important mm-hmm. so in order to fund for large investments we can start building short term investments like maybe mutual funds certificate deposits just that investing small and gradually to have that growth in the future because the beauty of it again is compounding interest so compounding interest is very good when you're building your assets but it's very bad when you're in debt <laughs> 
So aside the asset building, then the last thing that I would like to say, touch upon regarding the tips is to start early. Mm -hmm. Make sure start early because sometimes we think that, oh God, we're, maybe we start, start working at 25. We feel like, oh, we have a lot of time to retirement. We're not thinking about it. And then sometimes people think that wealth building or retirement planning should start when we're 40 or something. No, the earlier we start, the better. Because when we start early, then we contribute less. Because we started earlier, then it's compounded a lot. We don't need to contribute as much as if we were starting later in life. Mm. So it's very common to find people starting to pay attention to their savings plans, investment plans, and wealth building strategies only when they reach middle age. Mm -hmm. And sometimes young people tend to think of the present rather than the future. And there's mm -hmm. also the stigma attached, like the necessity to make sacrifices to save for the future. However, this is all untrue because without having to sacrifice the present lifestyle, we can still plan for the future. And that will not just only build resilience, but will also make our future secure. So everyone's future, whatever age they are in right now. So again, it's really, really, really important to start now. And with, um, also with the emergence, emerging awareness of financial literacy and resilience, we're seeing more and more youth portfolios being launched in the markets and around the world. And Experts and studies have claimed that results of early investments have not only resulted in resilience, but has also empowered a lot of the youth as well. So mm. even though I've mentioned a lot about the youth, it's applicable to everyone, whether you're a business leader, individual, whatever it is, to just start now and start to look at building that port in order to build a, a very good financial resilience. Excellent, excellent. And so if anyone wants to get hold of you and work with you, how do you help in building financial resilience? How do you help your clients? Yeah, so again, because it's very personalized and individual based. And obviously, if it's a company, it's company based as well. So most of the time, people contact me and we set up a meeting just to discuss what exactly their needs are. And then we have an intensive consultation with a person so they can contact pace contact at paceofinvest.com and we take the conversations forward from there basically so yeah anyone can contact me to look into building both personal financial resilience and also financial resilience for their companies excellent excellent thank you so much Rikayat. Um, you mentioned your website is there any other way people can get hold of you yeah, so people can also get hold of me on LinkedIn. <laughs> My name is very long on LinkedIn, but yes, it is what it is. <laughs> so they can search for me on LinkedIn, obviously the website as well, and also on other social media platforms. So we're on Facebook. You can check us out on YouTube as well and Instagram. But I guess most of the contacts usually goes via the email and also on LinkedIn. So my LinkedIn name is Rukayat Mujipekolawale and feel free to drop me a message to discuss whatever your business needs are and then we can take you forward from there. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. It's been lovely having you today. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you very much. This concept of resiliency is just so important. I often say that resiliency is the bounce back, right? I've been pregnant twice. <laughs> Pregnancy is such a joyous experience. 
and obviously your whole body changes. And we always talk about, she snapped back. That snap back, that's the resiliency, right? That returning back to your former state. And that snap back, that resiliency process only happens because there's elasticity. And this elasticity, think of like a rubber band, right? You stretch a rubber band and it goes back to its original state because it's elastic. You can't stretch a piece of thread. It will literally just snap because it's not elastic. So it enables businesses to be able to go back to their original states when they're hit with disruption like pandemic and what have you. But not only does it enable this elasticity and this returning to original state, but it also enables transformation, enables adaptation. Because now you have reserves, you've got resources that allow for one to pivot, to reinvent, which is so important because reinvention, transformation, it usually requires some kind of money. (laughs) There's usually some form of investment that's required. So we need that dry powder to be able to facilitate transformation. And I've just been like, I think this year, my year word, I've just been like focused on how connection facilitates transformation. So I've been stuck on like transformation. And there's this irony of how we need to change to be able to continue. We need to be able to evolve with times, with seasons, with opportunities to enable continuation. And the context I'm talking about is obviously as business owners, like we can't stay static. Otherwise, the industry will out disrupt us and will become irrelevant, right? So change is necessary to remain in business. Change is necessary for continuity. And so this elasticity is so important. This resiliency is so important because it's an enabling factor to enable us to have not only this legacy of transformation, which enables and allows for continuity, but also enables us to leave a transformational legacy because one's continued survival of a business impacts not only you as a business owner, your family, but also a whole ecosystem that's beyond you, right? Your employees, your suppliers, communities. So this is so super, super important. And Ricky is like, she's so smart. (laughs) She's super duper smart. She knows her stuff. I'd encourage you to listen again to this episode because there was just so much meat in there. And if you're stuck on something, reach out to her. She's super nice, super friendly, because I really believe resiliency is critical to enable transformation. Thank you for my TED talk. (laughs) Thank you for listening to me all through this rant. And actually, a lot of my thinking on resiliency, transformation, legacy is in a book I'm writing. Yes, your girl is writing a book and it will be coming out by middle of November, I'll definitely be sharing more and more information. I'm working through what should this book be called? What does the cover look like? So I'm like, there's so much work that goes into writing a book beyond just literally writing the words, like whoever knew. <laughs> so I'm doing a lot of that and I will definitely be sharing the information with you folks as it all evolves. So thank you so much 
take good care and God bless you.